Self-love as spiritual practice. Nine keys for loving yourself. This is Ani Colt, co-author of the book whose title I have just read. Today, this podcast is part of the series of Self-Love as Spiritual Practice. I'm a woman who's gone through many changes, transitions. I'd even call them lifetimes. Doing these podcasts is a wonderful chance to share the amazing work and the amazing messages in the book Self-Love is Spiritual Practice. I am co-hosting these with my friend and Jungian psychoanalyst, Truda Stransky. We're having a wonderful time with this work together, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. And oh, by the way, in the background is Preston Tyree, who I call Ty, who is doing all the tech work, and we thank him very much. Self-love as spiritual practice, Nine Keys for Loving Yourself, is a book that's available on Amazon in hardcover, softcover, and Kindle. We do recommend that you get the hardcover or softcover, as Kindle does not present the poems in easily recognizable forms because they're long and the messages sure are worth reading in their integrity. Truda, thank you for being here today. The sun is shining in the room. And guess what? We're going to finish up these podcasts on the book Self-Love is Spiritual Practice. This has been a lot of learning for me, and I've enjoyed it. I like the role of being a student in life. Well, you've also been a contributor, and I have more than enjoyed it. It's uh, co-creating to me is uh, is a kick. It's- it is because people have different ideas. Yes, yeah, it yeah. really, it really is. So, self love is spiritual practice. Ends with a short epilogue that I did, and I did this because I had been living with this material for quite a long time. And I also and, and I had grown and shifted, and of course now hopefully I keep growing, but growing is never a straight line, as much as I wish it would. So I decided to write an epilogue, and there's a lot I'm not going to try to cover, and a lot of things I did. However, there are a couple interesting things in here that get that I learned while doing this epilogue. So I start, um, it's titled A Divine Journey, and one of the first messages I got way back was using that idea of it being a divine journey, and I really kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It's, if I can remember that every day, oh, I'm on a divine journey, I think I'm going to put another note on a divine journey. And I I start my epilogue quoting Louise Hay, which we've referenced, who yes. we have referenced many times, and uh, or at least several times. And she her this quote is: "Loving ourselves works miracles in our lives." 
That is a true statement, if ever there was. Yeah. And the book started out with this, to love thyself is to love me embodied in the human life form, my creation, my desire to share spirit in you, to know knowing in you, to love with you. Love thyself and you love me. We are one you know. And I, I've, I've, I've worked on digesting this, and at times um, I've gotten the concept through spirit um, that actually um, God or spirit is learning through us. If you think of how the uh, plants change, and we've gone from simple creatures to very um, complicated, that's kind of like the the intelligence of the of the universe learning and and expressing into creation. So I can get that God would be learning through us. Absolutely, absolutely. And self-love is a starting place. I want to add um, a message I got that I can't remember when I got it, but I sure wanted it in here, and it's called The Gift of Health and the Power of Wealth. Okay. When a body-mind is full of health, there is a mindset of openness, reception, and growth. There is a path to take to greater consciousness. So does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Now on your planet, the need for true health precedes the ability to attract true wealth. We redefine wealth as the power to create peace, to encourage love, to manifest oneness with the communities local and global animal, vegetable, mineral, light, and form. You human beings must take responsibility to establish health in your body, mind, spirit, and emotions and nurture soul oneness at this time of shifting. Consciousness of light and love is supported by health on the cellular level. For there is the magnificence of the divine. For there lies the filaments of knowledge that challenge the imagination to conceive and perceive. We are giving you the tools to establish health, to renew the ability to know the love, lighten possibilities of universal life. So be it. It's kind of my think globally, act locally. <laughs> well, absolutely. Um, if we don't love ourselves, we can't very well love the planet and take good care of it. And the inverse is also true. So we have that responsibility to be our best self, to nourish ourselves the best way we know how. And... Respect ourselves and mm-hmm. respect others. So 
loving ourselves is is um I want to bring up the word energy again. It's energy, you know. It's it's not just a doing and this, but it 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 it's a vibration. Mm-hmm. And we now and then have talked about vibrations in even a short time of day getting oneself into this more loving vibration can permeate through the day and permeate out to others in our mm-hmm. in the way we present ourselves. Um, you know, we're on an evolving planet, and uh, we kind of are seeing how we're evolving at this point. And I can't say that we're evolutioning. We're, <laughs> you know, we're evolving, but I don't, I can't, point to the fact that we're learning we're in a stage or anything where there's more love at this exact moment it certainly doesn't feel like it but Jung took the long perspective of life he looked through centuries and if you if you look at that perspective And maybe you get a different sensibility about it. I have a granddaughter. She loves dinosaurs. And I tried to explain to her how long ago it was that they existed. And it's too vast. And it's incomprehensible. And you know, we are just a speck after that, a blip uh, in terms of the time continuum from then. And so... Maybe in our lifetimes we don't see enough loving exchange of energy. Yes. Uh, but through centuries, maybe uh, we are. I will hope, I will carry that hope with me, <laughs> that that's my intention, yeah. that I would like mankind to always become better. And by better, I mean more loving and tolerant. Yeah, I, I I very much agree, and there's a great big, big, big picture here, and it's at the same time we're living moment to moment, and you have power in the moment. You know, I, I, I'm looking for something here, Truda, um, Are you looking for the core? No, I'm looking to. <laughs> I'm looking into um, something I wrote at the end of my epilogue that is about a fret in the ego. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I could call myself. This was from a journal. Okay, I wrote it in okay. a journal. Well, I could call myself Miss Fret this little. AM, although I did have a few good minutes of being loving in my time hanging out in bed after waking up. Gosh, it's such a different energy, vibration, visceral feeling. I love you, God. I love me. I love all these men in my life, even though I fret about them one way or another. I love my two offsprings, even though I fret about them too. I love where I live, even though. Help me with this fret, please. Annie, most assuredly, we will advise you refret. Yet you are the fret creator. So it's up to you to steer around and free yourself 
when you can a fret. Steer around it is a bit like they say at Peak Potentials, a program I've done. Fret is the mind's game to stay in control and support the ego, false self. The ego is indeed not yourself and surely not your higher self. So for now, perhaps you can consider fret the ego as like a noisy neighbor, one that you can rarely get away from. Fret ego is not you. It's like a foreigner who has taken residence in your space. The more you struggle to rid yourself of this intruder, the more it voices its protest. <laughs> On the other hand, were you to be an accommodating host and graciously provide the comforts of home, as in a way you are doing and living, just without the conscious choice of being gracious about it, then you would experience fret or ego slightly more graciously, as in less banging of energies or heads. Think of all the football players and their concussions from banging their heads and how their brains are messed up. This is an excellent metaphor as the self against the ego, the self is a higher self against the ego, clashes mess up your head and thwart your higher consciousness's ability to override all the chatter and energy clash. Another way to deal with fret ego is to give it space and simply not identify with it. Fretting, I think, can be these helpful reminders. And I think fretting sometimes can denote holding two different emotions simultaneously that seem to be in odds or in competition. But like I said earlier, I do believe it's a state of grace when you can hold them or make space. Yeah, it's real. It is real. And I think fretting might be our reminders, pay attention and get get thee to a state of grace about this rather than a state of reactivity, a state of acceptance and grace with it. Does that make some sense? What occurs to me is it's like I think all of us have this ego and the fret or whatever you want to call it. And I work on finding um, more manageable ways to deal with it. And what works for one person may be nuanced or different for another. Absolutely. I did want to say that it, this was just about the time that they're beginning to study the brains of football players and what was going on. And I just love that uh, Spirit uh, used the banging of heads and the football players and the concussions as a um, metaphor. Sure. for what goes on if we can't handle the egos screaming at us and so forth um, in, a, in a way that works, yeah. at least some of the time. Yeah. I know on our first podcast you asked me about the word ego, and it's an arcane sort of psychological term in that I don't know any therapist who focuses on on the ego 
you know, it was identified originally by Freud as one of the structures of our internal self. But for you in, in your work and this spiritual steps, it's not our higher self. It's that construction we make of ourself that we wish to present or we wish we had or whatever. Um, but it's not that spiritual state, that divine state, that state where we've accepted the grace of the gifts we've received in life through this spiritual awareness. So, you know, I think that's an important distinction. It's not being used as how it's taught in Psych 101 in college campuses. You know, that's just a term that I don't know anybody who even uses that term anymore. Um, people know what it is, and it's almost taken on a pejorative cast, like somebody's an egomaniac or egotistical or egomaniacal or, you know, ego-oriented. Um, I think ego is is probably um, has numerous definitions. Correct. And, and we experience it in unique ways as an individual and different ways through the, through the years and where we are in our life. For example, Russia invading Ukraine, that is ego-driven. Yeah. That is not love-driven. That is not a higher self-driving. That is ego-driven. <laughs> yeah. It's quite something to be talking about this at this time. I think it's added to just the pathos that so many people have experienced the world in the last few years, or with the pandemic or political ideology that doesn't resonate true for them, and then add a war and the potential that it could become globalized. I mean, I sort of, we have to kind of respect ourselves and just say, okay, we've, we keep putting forth one foot in front of the other. We're, we're going forward, but um, it surely seems like it's been one onslaught after another, doesn't it? It does. It really, really does. And this kind of, um, how are we evolving? Right. And then, you know, the ice caps are melting and water levels are rising. And you think, oh, perfect. Um, now we've managed to mess that up, too. <laughs> yeah. Our... our responsibilities to be healthy in ourselves and there's a message here I'm going to read it it's called the gift of health the powers of wealth when a body mind is full of health there is a mindset of openness reception growth there is a path to take to greater consciousness evolution now on your planet the need for true health precedes the ability to attract true wealth we redefine wealth as the power to create peace, to encourage love, to manifest oneness within the communities, local and global, animal, vegetable, mineral, light, and form. You human beings must take responsibility to establish health in your body, mind, spirit, and emotions to nurture soul oneness at this time of shifting. 
Consciousness of light and love is supported by health on the cellular level. For there is the magnificence of the divine. For there lies the filaments of knowledge that challenge the imagination to conceive and perceive. We are giving you the tools to reestablish health, to renew the ability to know the love, light, and possibilities of universal life. So be it. What a time to read this when it seems like we're going in the other direction. And um, as I mentioned, I, I turned to spirit, and I was certainly hoping I was going to get a great message to end the book. And I, I, um, I remember the night it came in, you know, I had finished the manuscript pretty much and uh, rewriting it, and I had a, a self-publisher I was working with, and this, I think it was a Sunday night, and it's when I was living in this amazing apartment in Woodstock. And I used to walk around it um, from room to room because there was a, um, door that went from the rooms on one side of it and the others. And, and finally I go into, I had this really wonderful sacred space in this room, in this house. And I finally go in there and I get my pad. Okay. And I heard this message. Okay. Ani often remembers that true change comes out of chaos. Sometimes she thinks of it in terms of all her moves and the chaos and restaging of life that goes along with every move. As she has pondered the reasons for all these changes and even come to accept all her moves and shifts and current passions and purposes in her life, as she has not always noticed that she is on a greater path, perhaps the path needs a name. We are on a divine journey. If it seems as if I'm digressing, I want to help Ani end this work, this self-love is spiritual practice book, with a few words directly from the source. Here they are. Be in love with yourself. Know that you are loving me through self-love. Receive your higher self. Recommit to loving yourself daily, if not more often. Do love your neighbors all over the planet and the other life forms, the water, air, earth, all life forms, and thus you love me. A great way to be good to the earth and her peoples, waters, lands, forests, treasures, is to totally open to the wonders of who you are and to we. I could go on and on, yet this love is a bit like a circle with many cross points. This love is your potential, the way to peace on earth, the way to the great gift of wonderment, the amazing grace of spirit within, and also the amazing necessity to recognize that we are all one. Get it. Live it. Practice. Practice seeing us all as one. Practice recognizing your personal 
light or flame is indeed God personalized through you. Finally, and for now, remember and know I love you always, always. Well, it ties up so much of what we've been on this divine journey through our speaking together about this. And that's just a moment in the divine journey that's everyone's life. Yeah. And our moment in history. And our, the call for peace on earth <laughs> at a time that war is starting. Um, I had a naive sense as a child because I have a little bit of memory of World War II and certainly the aftermath of World War II and the United Nations started. And I really thought we weren't going to do this again. (laughs) I thought we were going to be smarter than this. And so all these years later, to have this going on, um, only this true change comes out of chaos So, who knows? Well, out of chaos comes clarity and personal growth if you stick with it and you don't avoid it. I mean, chaos are necessary steps along the way in every divine journey. So, my divine journey has been enriched by sharing this experience, and I want to thank you so very much. I really, this is the most intimately I've shared the book, even though we're doing it as podcasts, just sit here week after week and having this time and having the help of our tech person, um, Preston Tyree. Great producer. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. For your participation. And let's take a deep breath of self-love into ourselves and say thank you all for listening. Thank you. One more. We are all one. Self-love as spiritual practice, Nine Keys for Loving Yourself, is a book that's available on Amazon in hardcover, softcover, and Kindle. We do recommend that you get the hardcover or softcover, as Kindle does not present the poems in easily recognizable forms, because they're long and the messages sure are worth reading in their integrity.